for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is November 8, 2022, and today's guest is Joey P., and he is going to talk about one of the biggest deer we've ever talked about on the podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Fall Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is number 244. And today's guest is Joey P. from Ohio, Pavolich, I think is his last name. I I kept saying it wrong, so I just call him Joey P. But I've got to know Joey uh, up on the, the public land hunt that we did in Michigan. Joey actually runs camera for the Latitude Outdoors crew. Joey's a really good kid. He's young, 20 years old, and he shot an absolute freak of a giant this year, and we're going to talk about it today. So before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you to all the partners that uh, support this podcast, and I want to give them a shout out. Helix Broadheads, if you guys want to get into Helix, use the code FALLHX10 at helixbroadheads.com. Next is Latitude Outdoors. We just wrapped up the giveaway, and that was a really cool giveaway. Thank you to everybody out there that uh, entered to do that. There was over like 250 entries. That was awesome. So if you guys are looking for mobile gear that is light, ergonomic, and uh, comfortable, and just flat out works, go to LatitudeOutdoors.com. Next is Exodus Trail Cams, the render second to none in customer service. They're built like brick shit houses and they flat out work. Go check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com. Next is Vector Arrows. If you guys want to get in some new custom arrows, use Fall 10 to save some money at vectorcustomshop.com. And lastly is Garmin Bow Sights. Go to Garmin.com. Check out the Garmin Bow Sights and the Garmin watches. They have a plethora of them. So with that being said, I'm I'm, I'm going to get right to this with uh, this interview with Joey. Thank you guys for all the support and all the downloads. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. It is always greatly appreciated. And here is this interview with Joey. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Fall Podcast. And today's guest is Joey Pavlovich. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, close enough. (sighs) There we go. There we go. Or I might just refer to you as Joey P. We'll just do that. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, thanks for coming on, man. I'm, I'm excited to get into this because... This, I'd have to go back and listen, but this might be like the biggest deer uh, we've, or I've actually ever talked about on the podcast. And I'm, I'm super excited about because I know there's a hell of a story behind it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, three years and a lot of sheds, a lot of hunts, you know. Yeah. I can't wait, dude, because this thing's an absolute toad. So, first and foremost, let's get into a little bit of backstory about you, who you are. You know what you do. You and I actually met a couple weeks ago for the first time. Uh, you know, you're, you're filming for the Latitude guys, and when we did the Michigan hunt, you were up there, so we got to cut it up a little bit, have a good weekend, and and uh, actually, you know, that's when you kind of told us a little bit about this deer. But I, I don't know too much about the story. Um, yeah, I, that's why yeah. I want to keep it that way until we get right into her today. So, first and foremost, who you, who are you, and you know, how old are you? Where are you from? And what do you do for a living? 
Um, yeah, my name's Joey Pavlovich. Um, I grew up here in Ohio. Um, just pretty much worked a landscape job for a family company for, you know, the past five years. I'm 20 years old. Um, the last two years, I really dove into doing freelance videography and photography. Um, you know, trying to get with a full-time company. I know that's what you're, uh, you're doing, Aaron, you know? Yep. Stuff like that and whatnot and all the editing and all that jazz. But um, got with the Latitude guys this, this past fall and got a pre-booked schedule um, <laughs> as far as, you know, since since sept- September really have been just moving. Yeah. But, so, you know, being 20 years old and let's first, first and foremost, this deer is absolutely giant and being a 20 year old dude like <laughs> you're still wet behind the ears i mean <laughs> right <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean like you're fresh out of school and you know getting on deer like this which is crazy because i know what it took to like kind of kill this deer and like what you mm-hmm. had to do so like that's that's things that 20 year olds aren't really doing in my opinion you know what i mean so I don't know. That's just that's crazy to me. And I guess to kind of go back a little bit on the filming thing before we get too before I jump too far ahead. But um, the filming thing, do you like it? Like, is it still you know having a pretty book schedule this fall and everything? Are you still enjoying it, or is it you know some days just just difficult? Um, you know, going into this fall, I uh, it was one of my like the first fall I was really trying to just I wanted this book every single week with a hunt with some company that I could, you know, just, just to get my name out there and, um, have a packed schedule really. I wasn't worried about hunting on my own at all. Um, you know, I was, I was banking on late season pretty much this year. Um, I love hunting late season. It seems like I'm sitting in a tree stand every day, um, later in the year, but just pretty much, I mean, I'm loving the trips. I mean, every, all the guys are awesome no matter where I go. So, my my hunting was on the back burner for yeah for this uh this season I guess. Well, and th- that's something too. Like getting into it, you guys like you and I like we get into it because we love hunting. But then you soon realize like you don't get to do a lot of hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's the times that like the either whoever you're filming or working for, you hunt when they don't hunt. And then for me anyway, I'm not gonna speak for you, but like. I spend so much time in the field with a camera in my hands. The the last thing I want to do when I come home is like go out in the cold and hunt because I've been grinding it out for 40 days, you know? And it's like, I want to yeah. hunt, but it's like, I'm just burnt out, you know? So yeah. I definitely get that. Yeah. I definitely enjoy these, these couple of days off, but I think, uh, we're leaving again for Indiana, um, Thursday and I'll still be in a tree stand either tomorrow or tonight with, with dad or some buddies because they're chasing big deer too there you go i just i mean i love everything about it hell yeah man so you hail from ohio which i'm not gonna hold that against you but uh not a big buckeye (laughs) guy you know so (laughs) but uh you know give me a little bit of track record from you know when you started hunting like until now like who's your inspiration did your dad get you into it and and so forth and you know how successful have you been over the years um, yeah, um, I probably killed my first deer when I was eight or nine. Um, it was a gun kill. I had a little muzzle loader, killed a few button bucks back to back. Uh, was, you know, a while ago, youth gun season. Um, and then picked up a first, my first compound bow, um, when I was 15, 
or 14 or 15, I killed my first buck when I was 15. That was my first compound kill. Um, I believe it was eighth grade year. Uh, I was still in middle school. And then the following year, freshman year, I shot a buck every single year of high school. Um, my senior year, I shot my biggest buck to date, which was a 160 and 7 eighths. Wow. Um, had sheds from him the year before and, um, you know, loved just the, the chase of that buck. And then after I shot him, it was really, uh, I think this season was 2020 season. And I didn't fill my Ohio tag, and I probably saw more mature bucks on the hoof than I ever had before in my life. Wow. Um, I mean, it was just an amazing season. Coming off that, that 160, I was you know getting a little bit pickier. Um, I didn't have a target in mind. This buck was actually on the radar that year, the one I'm, we're talking about in this podcast. Um, but he was a three-and-a-half-year-old, and, a half year old, and uh, I knew – he was going to be something special one day. So I had to let him walk. I let him walk, um, twice that year. No way. What, what did he look like that year? Um, so he's got 15 <laughs> scoreable points that year, believe it or not. Oh my God, dude. How does a, uh, how old were you at that time? 17? Um, I would have been, it would have been a year after, um, high school. So I've been 19, I think. Dude, eight, how no, did... eight, 18. I've been 18. How does a 18 year old, that's never killed, you know. I, mean, I shouldn't say never, but at this, was this deer bigger than 160, like your previous biggest deer? No, he actually wasn't. Really? I mean, he's got he's got 15 scoreable, but it's. I mean, he's. You could just tell he's a three and a half year old, and he needs some years to to put it on. Dude, that's crazy. So, kind of going back a little bit, you know, growing up, was it like when you were hunting in high school and everything? Was your dad is your dad pretty passionate, like bow hunter and everything? Yeah, my dad got into hunting real hard when he was, uh, you know, in his 20s. He always grew up hunting, but they were more of a, a gun hunting family. Yep. Him and my grandpa. Um, but then my dad picked up bow hunting when he was in his 20s, you know, mid-20s, early 20s. And, uh, you know, ever since that, I so I grew up the whole time with watching him bring home bucks and whatnot. And um, grandpa got into bow hunting you know, not too long ago, actually, and he's he's shooting a crossbow now, but um, we got him a real big buck last year, and it's been awesome, you know, yep. um, him and, you know, I grew up on watching a lot of YouTube stuff, less on the outdoor channel and whatnot, but there's a lot of guys that, that you see, uh, killing big deer like this and oh, i never yeah. think it was possible you know for sure so you know in high school and everything was it like ingrained in you by your dad or anything that was like okay guys we're gonna like target bigger deer or was that something that you wanted to do um that was uh, I, I was he when i was in high school i still didn't think he killed a uh 140 inch buck um there's i just was amazed by all like the trail cam inventory and i just would buy so many trail cams every weekend or get them for christmas i just wanted trail cams pretty much for my birthday or christmas every year and i'd have these things scattered everywhere and i think his first 140 inch buck was uh a deer at our home farm and it had split g2s um he shot at gun week but um like i was around for that um 
and and there was he you know he would he would shoot probably the first mature buck that came by and he had a couple real nice 130 inch 10 points on the wall but um we weren't letting them get to a certain age class per se you know mm-hmm. we were letting or we shooting the first thing that got us excited right yep I totally get that. I mean, that's that's anywhere. That's like up here too. You know, it just happens to be our deer a tick smaller than what might get you guys excited down there. So, right. um, so anyway, so are you guys all private land hunters? Do you dabble in the public game or do you have, you know, is it leases or knock on door permission? Like what does that look like? Um, everything around us is knock on door permission. Um, we know a lot of you know, local farmers, I, I throw bales for a lot of guys during the summer, you know, putting the work in, um, so you can get a lot of connections that way, but no leases. Um, we have a little bit of land down in Southern Ohio, um, you know, hunt gun week and whatnot with, with family and friends and, and all that stuff. But, um, the only public, I guess we do is out of state. So okay. we'll go out to Montana, Colorado. I mean, we love that game hunting public and, western and um and we went to indiana this year hunting some public ground and it was awesome nice man that's cool so let's dive into this story now we got a little bit of the back history let's dive into the story of this deer did you name this deer he's, he's got to have a name yeah he does have a name what is it it's bankrupt bankrupt okay so <laughs> we're gonna refer to this deer as bankrupt so let's go back to you know, the day that you like found out about this deer for the first time and let's, let's go through details, you know, what year it was, what he looked like, what, and what your thoughts were when you first saw him. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say I was 18. It was the 2020 season. Um, got summer trail camp pictures of him and I was like, man, he's a giant. I'm going to shoot this deer. Right. And he's got points everywhere. He's, 15 scoreable points that year um i'm like yeah he's for sure and that was the first trail camp picture i got of him okay right? um fast forward to opening week i think he daylighted three times and um i've got a pretty good grasp on uh, this deer's stupid and it's young and it needs <laughs> to live this year so was he living on like one of your private farms then yeah yeah it was okay. probably uh i think i i um Line distance did on on X. It's about um, seven, eight acres of woods and an eighty acre field, and it's just got crops all around it. Okay. Um, but it's he was living in there. Um, and we get into you know when he disappeared that year and whatnot. But he daylighted three times opening week that year. I think I hunted it second week. Some once on my walk in. And then it was around October 21st, I want to say, is he came chasing through, chasing a doe through that year. And I let him walk at about 35 yards. Um, and then he just, you know, was out of my life for that year, basically. Well, not completely, but okay. first time I, last time I saw him on hoof that year. Yep. So now how many other guys hunt this farm with you? Um, just me. Yep. Okay. So you don't really have to worry about other guys hunting your farm that you have to be like, Hey, let's, let's just do your walk. But your neighbors, do you have good rapport with your neighbors where it's like, should I let these guys know about this deer? Or like, you know, yeah. how, well, how'd you navigate that? It was kind of just, uh, keep it on the down low. And I knew they, I knew they had trail cam pictures of them. They had corn piles out and, 
you know, it's legal to bait in Ohio, so pretty much every property's got a corn pile on it. I never put an ounce of corn out for this deer, actually. I do have trail cam pictures of him over corn that three and a half year just because how far he moved. He moved to a completely different property um, late season that I was hunting and uh, was on a corn pile. But I knew there was other neighbors ha- getting trail cam pictures of him, and there was a good chance that he could have been shot that year. I got you. So he's got 15 scoreables, a three and a half year old that you figured. What uh, What do you think you'd tape out at, at that year? <sighs> Probably, probably high one thirties. Okay. Wow. So he's just, yeah, he's just a freak of nature then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, somewhere in the one thirties. Okay. So how many encounters did you have with him that year, that first year at three and a half? There were, there was two encounters. Yeah. Both in October. And then I seen him, you know, that October 21st and then he disappeared. Um, the 28th of October, I think, and gone all November. I wasn't really um, expanding cameras a ton at that time, um, just because, um, you know, he wasn't a shooter yet, I guess. Right. Um, I guess if he came back, he came back. If not, he's you know, he's dead. But he came back um, end of November that year. It's probably a month later. You know, he was chasing does somewhere else. Yeah, I know he moved a lot that year, but um, came back and he was there for another two weeks per se. And then he moved a little bit farther west to another property I hunt. And that's where he ended up shedding and hanging out with a bachelor group all, all late season. Okay, so he he moved off of the farm, the initial farm you were getting him on, and the farm that you had encounters with him on. He moved a couple farms over, and that's where he ended up wintering and shedding out there. there. Yep, yep. Okay. So the farm that he was originally on is is pretty much it. Just you, know, you could see through it, you know, once those leaves fall off. Sure, it's, it's an early season farm for sure. Now, um, I'm sure the crop rotation has a lot to do with you know what sticks around too. Yeah, yeah. There was. Yeah, that played a big role into it. He moved to a picked cornfield that, oh my goodness, I found 20 sheds in that picked cornfield this year. Those deer were just hammering it. Wow. Yeah. So when he moved, let's, you know, season season goes on. Did you kill anything that year? Nope, nope. That's the year I did not kill an Ohio buck. I actually shot a Michigan buck, though. Oh, you did? Look at yeah. you. Yeah. But that, Whereabouts I did, did you not. go up in Michigan? Um, It was... I think I was talking to you about it in northern Michigan, about around Lakeview. Oh, yes, you're right. Yep, yep, yep. I know exactly. Yep. I remember that conversation we were having because um, it was it was funny. You were, like, talking about roads and people, and, like, I know those people <laughs> and stuff <laughs> like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I shot a Michigan buck that year, but that's the year I did not film my Ohio tag. And, like I said, I saw him on hoof. And there's a couple other real nice bucks that I knew were mature, and I had a shot and my chance at them, but, you know, I didn't fill my Ohio tag that year. And that was the first time I hadn't filled it since um, eighth grade year of uh, middle school, I guess. So what, you know, what was your headspace like? I mean, I know you kill a Michigan deer, but, you know, I feel like now more people, like hunters and everything, if they don't fill their buck tag, it's... It's pretty bad. You know what I mean? Were you okay with it? Like, did you go out of that year of like, I oh, mean, I put in, I put in my time. I did everything I needed to. It just didn't happen. Like, how was your 
what was your thought process like and what did you feel like going out of that year um you know i i hunted my my ass off that late season that year i in just in general um i know i got a lot of buddies you know they all get into work after high school right and they they end up shooting a smaller buck and you know the the excuse always is we don't have that much time to hunt anymore right well, that was my year after high school and I was working my ass off and, you know, I still had plenty of time to hunt and I definitely wasn't going to shoot a small buck mm-hmm. just because of the time I had to hunt. Um, I, I was, I was fine with not filming my Ohio buck tag that year, I guess. Um, just cause if you ask me, but if you, if you asked me before this year that I shot this, you know, bankrupt, um, I probably would have told you that was my best season I ever had in the woods. Really? And you never yeah. killed anything. Well, you did. Killed. You did in Michigan, so. Right. But but it was my best season I ever had in the woods just just how much I learned from, you know, when bucks move where and, you know, cuz some of the bucks that I actually saw that year are still around and um I'm trying to put my dad and some buddies on them right now, but the bachelor groups that year were unreal and just a bunch of trail cam stuff. I mean, I learned a lot that year with being able to hunt from the very beginning to the very end, you know? That's really cool, man. Yeah, and when you can learn stuff like that, that's 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 priceless. You know, you're going to yeah. keep that forever. So that's that's neat. And and for you at a young age to be able to like recognize that and feel that, like that that goes that says something. Like you're mature beyond your years in my opinion. So that's that's awesome, man. Yeah, so let's uh, roll into finding the sheds that year. Yeah, so what happened? Because he shed it out, and then, you know, how'd that work out? Yep, so he shed it in a picked cornfield. Um, I knew the bachelor group he was hanging out with. I found a lot of sheds in that cornfield, um, and it was just a matter of walking every single row until I found them. And I found one. Um, it was early March, maybe mid-March. Um and smack dab between both cornfields, um, kind of in the tree line. So it wasn't in the cornfield actually. So it made it a little bit easier to find. Um, and then I found one a little bit closer up to the road the following day, just went back and walked and walked and walked. And he, I had bigger deer on, the, on that cornfield that year, but he was my, my number one buck that I wanted to pick his sheds up. And I found them both that year. That's crazy. So now picking his sheds up there, were you thinking coming into the next year, he's going to like, he's going to summer back where you first had him, and then he's going to move again. Or like, like, how did you, what'd you think there? Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured he'd summer back, um, where I had him before. I figured I was going to have my best chance of killing him early season. And, um, he was probably going to disappear in November sometime, you know, for that first two weeks, three weeks in November, I figured he'd probably disappear. And then, um, late season over at the other property, you know, like, like before, but that's, that's not always the case. (laughs) So coming into this, this next year, then when did you first pick him up on trail cam again, or even see him glassing? Um, yep. It was, it was trail cam pictures first. Um, I just had a, you know, little uh trail camera deep in this this five acre block or eight acre block um went in there had some minerals out went in there pulled a card got back home checked it and it was just like 
man, he's a giant. <laughs> what, what did you think? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think it's 19 scoreable points on that rack that year. Okay. And he's probably a hundred and seventy inch deer. Oh, so yeah. What is he on the hit list yet? Then yeah, he's okay. on the hit list for sure. <laughs> I was gonna I'm say not, I might have to come down there and uh, no, I might have to come down there and just kind of give you a noogie or something like that if you're gonna pass a deer <laughs> up like that. Yeah, I know he was only four and a half, um, but. I'm still not going to let a seven or a 170 inch deer no, walk. You know, you, no. you just can't. So, okay, coming into, are you getting regular pictures of them then in the summer? Same camera and everything? Yeah, somewhat. Um, it wasn't a cell cam, so it was just leave it in there for a month, soak. You know, if I can pull it, you know, on a rainy day or something, I'll pull it. Um, if not, just let it soak. But um, it was still beans in that field close to his bedding area that year. So I'd say about every day after work, I was, you know, whether I got off work five minutes before sunset or two hours, I'd scurry over to that field and sit with a spotter and, oh, I laid eyes on him more than I could count. He was out there every single night. I got a pretty good idea of what he was and where he was coming out Okay. Um, for that early season. I got you. So was he betting on this like eight acre piece? Yep. Yep. He was betting in there all summer. Uh, when it got into season, it, it got a little bit more sporadic, um, but um, I, I didn't hunt opening morning that year. I just glassed, um, didn't glass them. I was hoping glassing them going back to bed or something, but um, I think for the first few days, I didn't have trail cam pictures of them, um, but around shoot this where i'd have to look at some trail cam pictures oh you're good so um, you know you lose him kind of for that because you guys start late september right the last saturday in september um yeah it's the last saturday in september so when was the last trail cam picture you had of him in september until because you, you you didn't glass him like did he did he go vacant for a little while go mia um, of that 2021 year? Yeah, yep, because I know you got a whole bunch of notes and everything on this deer. So um, what did he do that, like, latter part of September going into season? Um, you know, he I think he, he daylighted. Um, was the last daylight picture I had of him was, like, September 18th, maybe 20th. Um, and that was, like, one of the hard horn pictures I had of him. Um, and he was showing up at night a couple times. I didn't have the trail cam in probably the right spot um, to see him going out into the field or whatnot. But I had, I think that year I did hang a couple um, presets for saddles hunt um, in there. Just screw those pegs in the tree. And I had them set for a couple different winds. Um, but I still believe I hunted it opening weekend that year. Okay. Just because the previous year he did daylight three times opening week. I got you. So are you hoping to to try to kill this deer like on the field edge, like the crops, or were you going to try to get in tight to like where he's bedding? Um, I was trying to get in a little bit tighter to where he was bedding, to be honest. Um, it's weird how this block lays out. It's, it's not like a square. It's, uh, it's up and then over and then up again but it's about eight acres um, and it kind of funnels down with a creek in the one end. So I had a set hung 
right on that creek and that was my money spot i thought i was going to kill him i could shoot to one hay field where i um had a mock scrape up and then the other side was a bean field that they'd come out in most of the time okay but it kind of pinched down right there and that's where i had the most trail cam pictures of them um but it was kind of hard to get the wind i needed for that i think i needed a northeast um for that if i remember correct and it just wasn't coming often um i think close to the end of the first week i had a northeast um so maybe like the friday saturday of um opening week i would have had a northeast i think i i believe i hunted it and got skunked or something i forget okay so you know the see we're in season now now what mm-hmm. are, what are the trail cams doing? Or is he still showing up? And and are you are you seeing him from the tree yet? Are you are you encountering him yet, or glassing him? Like what? Where's he at? Um, no more glassing him from the road after work. Um, he was getting more nocturnal. The only trail cam pictures I had of him were sporadic every two to three days. So I knew he was using another bed or something. Um, and then two or three days in that pinch it was a cell cam i actually had in there now so i didn't have to go in there as much but like you know i, I as i am i'm trying to line up okay he's showing up every three four days can i get a pattern on that right you know, what's the wind um but it was just so hard to you know pattern him off that like a three or four day window that he was showing up um so i just i just kept hunting it with uh the right wind and I went in, walked a bean field in, and didn't have a great wind to kill him because the wind was blowing pretty much straight into the bedding area if I would have set that money set. So I hung hung some sticks and sat in the saddle that evening, and it was October 2nd that I laid my eyes on him for the first time that 2021 year. Okay, take us to that encounter. How'd that go down, and what did you think when you saw him? <laughs> yeah, um, there was actually a, another big five and a half year old deer running around that block that year, which I, I should probably talk about now since he kind of plays a role into it. I think he kicked him out of that block um, both years actually, but um, you know, hung a set, sat in the saddle. Um, it was a slow evening. Couldn't hunt that money set because the wind was just blowing straight in there. Um, but about an hour before dark, you know, you start seeing does come out of this and they're, they're, they're um, browsing on a um, brush hogged old pasture. So the pasture was probably um, mowed two or three weeks before season. And uh, I just had a little bit of new growth coming up. So I knew they were feeding out there. Um, as soon as those beans started to turn over, um, those started coming out. I think I saw a few small bucks. And I only had one shooting lane that night and it was a 60 60 yard shot it was i forget it was like a 57 60 yard shot it was all it was all an observation set i had planned for that and four does come out of this this point and um two of them jump the fence and two of them go right to my shooting lane um and then next thing you know he he comes out right behind them and he's looking at both sets of does and i'm like holy crap that you know that's him <laughs> for sure um and then he fought he followed those does over the fence and i filmed all that and that was that was a pretty cool encounter wow so he never came within range then 
no, it was about a hundred yards out. Um, and he was, I mean, he was kind of bumping those does to be honest, but he, he got out into that old, um, pasture field that was mowed. You know, I think it was just a little bit of new growth, you know, coming up Yeah. and they feed on that. And then I watched another five and a half year old buck come out right behind him, um, and feed with him. So, man. So, I mean, you gotta be thinking you're in the game though. I got him right here. I got to keep the, the, the foot on the gas pedal then, and I got to keep hunting him. Yeah, it was kind of like he he kind of walked down towards that money stand, that money set, if you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, and I could have had him pegged out of that stand that night, um, but it was just a, a terrible wind. So I, I went home and, you know, just trying. You know, I couldn't have hunted that any different way than I did that night. Um, if I did, I would have been on the backside and – I don't, you know, he wouldn't have came out into that field. Um, he, he walked into the wind that night into that field and, you know, he, he was invisible to any hunter, you know, he, he couldn't have shot him. Um, I was trying to get into the point where he was at. Um, I made one set there, I think two days later and I could have just messed it up. Um, I wasn't quiet going in. I it was, I was climbing a a pencil tree basically <laughs> um there was there was nothing in there but um um yeah that was the last encounter i had of them in that 2021 year oh really so did how many more picture or did you get a lot of more trail cam pictures of them and stuff like you knew it was still around then you could keep tabs on them yep so um that was the last encounter and then like the year before i figured he'd disappear in november um, and the last trail cam picture I had him in there was the 21st of October. Um, and then he disappeared. He did daylight one more time that year on trail camera and it was October 19th at noon. Okay. Hitting a scrape yep. probably, or what was he doing? Just, just moving. Really? Yep. Just, just moseying on through. So he was real active in that, that mid October time frame, in that bedding area at least. And then the last picture I had him was 21st and then he was gone. So I was like, you know, he's, he's going to come back in two weeks. Let's just hope he doesn't get shot and he doesn't come back. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you're yeah. probably thinking like this deer's dead. One of the neighbors killed him. Somebody killed him. Yeah. Like, but wouldn't you think you'd hear about something like that dying? If, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Especially like the circle I'm in, you hear about every deer that dies in the County basically. Yep. Yep. Um, so I'm like, I got to put more trail cams out. So, you know, I buy another five, six trail cameras, mostly non-cell. Um, I would have went broke, you know, buying cell cams. That's why his name's bankrupt. There you go. I like that. <laughs> um, but a bunch of non-cells and I'm throwing them out north, east, south, west. Um, actually the only place I couldn't get was south, but I had, I didn't think he was really in there. Um, threw cameras up north. North was the first place I picked him up on um, November 21st, and it was a daylight on a red moon in an even tighter pinch um, right next to a road and a, and a cattle pasture, basically. Just funnels them down. There's a beat trail running through there. They can only, only, they can only go through one way, basically, unless they, they circle a big loop. But that was a, a really good spot. I get a lot of tra trail cam pictures of bucks moving through especially that time frame. 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, real, real quick. When you say like north and south like that, do you have other farms that are, that are around this farm, or are you at, are you knocking on doors and seeing if yeah. you can get permission? So the only farm I had before was um, west. Um, was west of this property. I already had trail cam pictures in, or I already had trail cams in there, and that's where he wintered the last okay, year. Okay. Yep. That's where um, he shed it out and all that stuff. Shed it out. That's you know that's. Um, I knew it was there late season and our head trail cams in there already and nothing. So I basically only went north and east trying to pick pictures up of them. Um, like I said, I couldn't get south, but north, um, it was the same farmer that actually owned the other block that I hunted and I was able to get there in, in there. And then, um, I knocked on some doors, not too many that year. Um, just, I, I thought I had a decent chunk, um, enough to kill him. Cause I, like I said, that first truck camp picture I had of him after he disappeared was, was November 21st and it was daylight. So that, that had my hopes up. Um, but it was still sporadic from then. Um, if I remember correctly, it was every seven days he came through that pinch. Really? And it was just like me trying to put a seven day pattern on a deer. And I was, there was not really a wind direction that he was following. It was like seven days. And the only one that was daylight was that first one. Yeah. Um, everything else was early morning, um, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, but he did that almost till the end of the season. Um, and I kind of, just picking up that trail cam inventory, I kind of got a better point on where he was going to bed. Um, there was a giant standing cornfield that year. And it was loaded with deer and it just, so and he never came back into that summer block that I, that I had him on trail camera. Um, he might've ventured in there and I not, not, didn't get a trail cam picture of him, 
but he was living far north now and the, the property I had wasn't far enough north. Um, I was about a mile and a half if a crow, as a crow flies from, from that old spot. Um, and I think he was living probably three miles wow. farther north. So in the meantime, were you getting like information on this deer from buddies or your inner circle or something like that? Like so-and-so picked him up on camera or so-and-so almost got a shot at him. Did you ever hear anything about him? Um, not, not, not a whole bunch. Um, there was one guy, um, that I hadn't talked to after season that I figured out he had some truck camp pitched to them during gun season, which made sense because he was there that far, farther north circle. Um, but everybody, that was the only one that um, opened up to me, and, and that was after deer season went out. Um, so there was no, like, as on-the-go inventory rolling in. It was just kind of kind of me putting trail cams out and putting more out and trying to figure out where he's live in this late season okay um but did this deer was, create um, a buzz at all like i mean there's got to be a buzz around town of like oh this you, you, you see this big deer outside of town or something like that was there anything yeah. like that well i know i know what you're talking about but um <laughs> <laughs> um this deer i'm not kidding you when i say i i showed like nobody pictures of this deer like i waited to I waited till I got back from Colorado in 2021 to show half of my buddies. <laughs> I, showed, I showed a picture of my dad to my dad, um, and then a picture to my real good friend. And we were like the only three that knew about it for a long time. Really? Showed pictures to Grandpa a couple of weeks later, but it was nobody knew about him all summer long. Um, the, I mean, it, it surprised me because he was out in that bean trail every night. Everybody could have drove by and saw him, but. There was no real buzz going on. Um, I knew people had trail camp pictures of them, but they were, you know, they're all right hunters too, so they kind of keep things to themselves. Sure. Um, I didn't want to be too nosy and ask a bunch of questions because they, I figured they knew I was hunting that deer. If they didn't know I was hunting that deer, I, I probably, I kind of wanted to keep it that way, you know. Yep. Um, but it was it was 170 inches and big deer, and he was smart now. You know, he's getting to that point where he's smart. Um, I don't know if I put too much pressure in that summer block that he never wanted to come back or if that corn just pulled him over there. I'm thinking it was standing corn and they didn't pick it and all winter long. Um, it's where I ended up finding the sheds and, you know, it was it was loaded. So um, he shedded where he summered that year then? Nope, he shedded farther north. Oh, north, okay. Yep. So last year he shedded farther. Uh, the year before that he shedded um, farther west towards a picked cornfield, and then this year is farther north. Okay. So how did you get permission to shed hunt where you found the sheds? And honestly, I mean, how the hell did you even, you know, know where to look? I, I mean, I know you knew like he was up there in that general direction, but you know, how did you get in there and be able to do that? Yep. Um, I got permission from one piece of property just to shed hunt um and i'll describe it to you as an 80 acre piece with a tree line straight up the center and then there's a little bit of um parkland in the back that you can walk some walking trails but um just walk i mean that the 80 acre field only cuts to about half of the actual tillable in there so the farmer just tills it all but um 
but it's again, you know, walking every corn row and I actually found it closer to the park that year and picked up his right side, um, February 17th. Wow. Um, there was still six, seven inches of snow on the ground. Um, it was actually raining that day. So I knew some of the snow would be melting and I went out for a walk that morning, um, Figuring, figuring, I you know I haven't seen him in a while. This is about the time he shedded last year, or close to the time he shedded last year. Um, you know that's a heavy antler; it's got to fall off soon. I, oh, I, yeah. I guess I was getting anxious, but um, um, I knew there there's probably going to be other people in that too. Like mm-hmm. I said, there's a little little park that butts up next to it, and here in Ohio, a lot of people like to shed hunt. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, but I knew it'd be getting hit you know, close to the weekend because it was calling for some snow melt off. Um, so I wanted to get in there first after work and, and walk around. Maybe I had a day off or something and I wanted to get in there and walk around and picked up his, his bigger side that year. I want to say, I think it was, um, we taped it out at a 76 or 77 inch side. Wow. That's Um, crazy. And that's, that's the only shed I found of him that year. And, um, one of my buddies found the other side. Um, I wasn't in there with when he, I wasn't in there when he found it. Um, I just seen a Snapchat story post and he's got the other side, uh, on a story and I called him. I was like, Hey man, can you delete that? He's like, he's like, are you hunting this deer? I was like, yeah. Like I said, like there wasn't many people that knew about this deer and that's wild. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right friends with this guy. You know, we, we hang out on weekends and whatnot sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, there wasn't many people that knew. So he didn't even know you were hunting him then. No, no, he didn't know where I was hunting or, or he didn't even know, he didn't even know about the deer. Yeah. They just went in through that little park and, and walked some ground. So he found him in the park then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got you. All right. So coming into 2022. Actually, there was a little bit of a backstory okay. um, in there that I forgot to say, but I found that first shed, and then four days after I found it, um, I did get a call from a buddy, and he called me and said, I'm looking at that buck that you're hunting, and he's still got the other side on. Really? Yeah, yeah. So um, he was still holding that other side four days later, so that what that's what made me wait a little bit longer. Cause I walked my ass off that, that day I found that first one to try to find that, that match set. Um, it was raining. I was soaked by the time I came out of the woods, but, um, he was still holding on to it four days later, which I thought was kind of crazy. And I was planning on going in there that weekend. And like I said, that my buddy found it. That's wild, man. Usually, I mean, big deer like that, like you, you always think like if they're going to knock one side off, the other side like feels really weird and they just try to get it off and, you know, shake their head or whatnot and, and get that thing off. Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty heavy, heavy antler. And, um, usually, I mean, if you don't find them side by side, they're not that far. I mean, we find a lot of sheds side by side sometimes and especially those big ones. Yeah, that's that's wild, man. So okay, so get you find the shed. Um, your buddy finds the other one. Coming into twenty twenty two now, let let's pick up. You know when you got pictures of him for the first time. When was it? How big was he? And uh, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> yeah. So rolling into twenty twenty two, 
2022 year. Um, he's five and a half years old. Um, figuring he's going to summer in that same block um, of woods that he always has, you know. And it's the crop hasn't changed around that block in the last three years. It's been beans every single year, which I think is crazy. I don't know why. I mean, they switched it over a farm. They a new guy farmed it this year, and he still put beans in. Um, but I got my first trail cam pictures of them on that same trail cam that I had pictures of them on the year before. Um, it was in that tiny eight-acre bedding area um, around the middle of July, um, and I—I I mean, he was. He was all there. He didn't lose a single thing. He put on overall mass, overall time length, um, a little bit of beam length, um, and didn't lose a single. You know, that's that's one thing you always worry about is what if they just come back next year and they're like a typical or <laughs> – I don't <laughs> like, know if a deer like that lose, could be a typical. <laughs> <laughs> they lose all their junk. Yeah. But, no, he was, he was all there. Um. And it's just game time. I've got two time, two years previous history, um, trail cam data I can put together, um, somewhat on the red moon phases, and um, I, I, my best chance at this deer's early season. You know, it's, um, I got I got to be in the woods as much as I can whenever I'm home, um, and hunt my ass off, basically. Yep. Um, Basically, whether, whether the conditions are right or not, and, and you know, this year we had we we were up in Michigan together, and mm-hmm. and I got and I got a tight schedule, more more tight deer season than I ever had before. Um, and like he was he was definitely my number one buck. I wasn't gonna shoot. I wasn't gonna settle for anything else. But um, it was also like he's kind of on the back. He's on the back burner, but he's not right. Um. It was, it was, I was more worried about, you know, getting some jobs lined up for this year and, um, hunting him when I can and making the best hunts I can for him, you know, when I'm able to, then, then actually, um, you know, setting off a week to hunt him, I guess. Yep. So with, um, with your schedule coming in, like work schedule this fall, you know, what were some, some dates that you kind of circled on the calendar that were like, I'm, I'm going to put all my effort into him these dates, these weekends, and I'm just going to try my hardest right then. Like what were some of those dates? Yep. So I, I, I had the first week of season, um, clear, you know, it wasn't working out of state or anything. Um, that first week I hunted him. Um, well, the first week I'll just say, probably the 27th, 28th, and 29th of September. Um, I believe there was a red moon in there somewhere. Never seen him? For some... No, never seen him. Um, and th- these are just the dates that I was I was hoping on, on hunting them. Yep, yep. Uh, I knew we had that Michigan trip, and then after we got back from that Michigan trip, I was hoping on 14th, uh, or 13th, 14th, 15th. And I was almost going to put it all day sit in there. This was just my plan heading into the season. Sure. And then November, I was booked until basically um, the 22nd of November um, with a bunch of trips. And I knew I had trail camp pitched them there before at the 21st. Um, 
so it was then I was banking on that that twenty first, twenty second, twenty third time frame of November. You're saying of of November. Yep. 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 Okay. So so basically, end of end of September, middle October, and then end of November is, is what I was going to be able was going to be my best chances killing that deer. Yep. This year. But historically for you, like that middle of October time was going to be the time you're going to put all the time and effort in, right? Yeah. That middle October was, was the, the, out of those three was the, the best chance I had at killing him. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree so, more, man. Like that, that middle of October is a great time to kill a big deer, you know, going into that latter part of October, which is my favorite, but you know, those big deer just seem, if you can catch them on the right time you know, they're, they're up in daylight. Sometimes they're up in daylight at 11 o'clock in the morning and you're like, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? It's just like, I got to go get him. Exactly. So, so summer trail camp pictures were flowing in. He wasn't spending as much time in that block as he normally has. Um, I, I didn't know where he was spending more time. Um, there was kind of a, a bachelor group hanging out a little bit farther North, not as far North as, um, he, hung out last year but they they were hanging out feeding on a, a green alfalfa field and they weren't spending as much time in that summer block that i could hunt um which which made me worry a little bit um i spent my time and there two for two days and hung some preset saddle sticks and um hung on my trail cam strategically and was in there for two days. I did that over a time span of two days. It was the only time I went in there in the summer. Um, I had one cell cam in there, and the pictures would would flow in every every week, sometimes longer. Which, okay. Which uh, I laid eyes on him one time that that summer, over close to where he was actually living but it was in a spot where I couldn't get trail cam pictures or, or couldn't hunt. Um, I just kind of pulled off the side of the road and I was able to see him um, just one time right before dark. And, and it was the, the middle of August, you know, mm-hmm. um, but fast forward to where it gets exciting is on September 23rd, he daylighted in the block. He usually summers in where I can hunt. And that's the day before our, our Ohio season opens. Oh my gosh. So you're probably like, Oh, here we go. Yeah. It's six ten. It's an hour before it gets dark, plenty of shooting light. And there was really nothing to go off of. Um, I hunted it that Saturday and the only hope I had was he's still in that bedding area and he's going to work this way and feed on these beans. You know, maybe he's, he's sick of that. Oh, that, um, that alfalfa field, but, but there was, that was the first daylight picture I had of him in there, um, you know, all of September and, um, I want to say August. I gotcha. So he daylights it. 2022 year. Yeah. And and then you, how many days did you put in hunting him then? I put in that Saturday. Just the Saturday. Okay. I put in that Saturday and then I believe I hunted, um, Wednesday. So there was, there was two days, um, but in between, um, there was there was a trail cam picture of them on that that Sunday. So it was it would have been the twenty sixth, twenty uh, fifth or twenty sixth um, at night, uh, 
twelve thirty or something. Um, and I put a sit on them. Maybe it was Tuesday or Wednesday, and I had the same wind. Um, the pressure was low. I think there was a good chance of me killing them during that. Um, and then no sign of them. I think I saw a, a small buck or two. Um, but he was out of the area. Um, for there at least. Um, and then I got one trail cam picture of him in that pinch farther north. You know, so I've already got those cameras farther north this year. I've, I'm kind of planning ahead, you know. Trying to stay one step ahead. Trying to stay one step ahead. You know, I, I know he's not spending much time in there as he usually has. So I've got some cameras hung north. Um, and get a picture of him heading heading towards that that'll at park as what we'll call it well he's heading towards that park um oh september 22nd or not september 22nd it was it was right after that that sunday i had drove camp pictures of him in in the uh the summer block he was 27th heading towards that park yeah in in daylight nope in in dark okay yep yep September 27th, heading towards towards the park, and that's the last time I had pictures of him that far south. He never came south again from there. Um, so now, like with the cameras, you're, it sounds like you're running a mixture of cells with you know regular SD card cameras. So like, how many times are you going in there to check these cameras if they're not cells? Yeah, um, if it's in a spot where I can get to it pretty easy. I would wait a week and a half to two weeks, um, and then I'll just put those cell cams in. Like I'll probably sit there for two hours and think about where I want to put it, just so it can get the most pictures of deer that it can. Right. Um, just strategically place them. Um, so uh, I, every week and a half, if I can get in there easy. If not, some of them I let sit for a month. Um, some of them I let sit for two months. But um, like. I was I was so worried about not having a lot of time to hunt deer this deer this year that I would just throw trail cam throw throw trail cams up everywhere just to get the the intel for the next year. You know, if if it if it happened to be sure. next year, you know, I, it's it's a, it's a long time plan to kill this deer. You know, it, or just deer this caliber. You can't just go out in the woods every year and do it. Um, so it's, I knew it was going to be a long, long process. So even if it was, you know, two years from now that I ended up killing this deer, it, I just wanted to have most, the most trail cam pictures inventory that I possibly could. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. It's always a long-term play, you know, and it's, you kind of got to look at right. that way as it's a, it's a marathon, not, not a sprint, you know? Right, right. Um, so we're up in Michigan. You know, we have smoked sodas and whatnot. Not very many. <laughs> not, uh, not me at, at all. No. Yeah, right, right. Um, but uh, on my way home from Michigan, um, I was I was thinking about this deer nonstop. I was able to be home for five days, um, and I had to film for three of those days down in southern Ohio. Um, so I basically had two days to hunt him. I was only filming evenings down in Southern Ohio and I could drive down there and I I could get my morning hunts in. Um, but I didn't really know if I wanted to hunt mornings for him. I would rather just 
maybe glass, and I didn't even glass at all the, over those five days, but um, I was only able to get two evening hunts in in that time frame. Um, on my way home from Michigan, I actually stopped and pulled off the side of the road and uh, and glassed that, that bean field farther. Um, they, the, the bean field that it used to be that standing cornfield, and deer were just hammering it. Um, so I got some rest that night and woke up the next morning and made a phone call to a guy that owns that field over there. And I basically just asked him if I could put trail cameras up in his field. Um, and he says, yeah, I don't have anybody deer hunting it. You can, you can spend all the time you want in there. You, you want, um, go kill something, you know? Oh, so he's giving you permission to hunt too. He, he, yeah, he just, he gives me, he gives me everything. Um, wow. And I'm like, sweet, let's do this. It's October 11th. I go in there, or maybe it's the 10th. I go in there, I hang trail cameras, two non-cells, um, made one mock scrape, and then um, hung one just kind of in a swale and kind of forgot about them for two or three days, went and did some work, um, Southern Ohio, came back when I could, and it got to November 15th. And I ran in there and checked them. October 15th, you mean? Uh, yep, October 15th. Yep. Um, I ran in there. I only pulled one of the cards. Um, and then I'm, I um, go around the block. And I didn't think that was enough land to kill him. So I knock on six doors, and I got six no's. Um, came back around the same street I was, you know, ha- had those trail cameras on. Got into another piece of property just from family, friends. It was, it was not much. It was, there was no woods on it. I just hung a trail cam back in there and it was starting to get late. So I was, I wanted to go hunting, but I didn't know where I wanted to hunt. So basically what you're doing is casting a net to try to pick up where this deer's at to then make a move on him. Right. 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 Okay. Um, I'm just, I mean, a a bunch more, you know, I, I still got that card in my pocket. Um, keep in mind that I went in there and pulled, but I haven't haven't checked it yet. I just haven't. Um, How did you not check it? I would be. I, <laughs> I'd be the first I, thing. I'd take my desktop well, computer out to the woods with me if I had to. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I didn't have it out there with me, but but it was a a, a Browning um, uh, video. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to look at it on my laptop, and I didn't have my laptop out in the truck with me. So this thing's just burning a hole in my pocket, and I'm scrambling around trying to get more permission. Can't get permission, and hung one trail camera. Finally zipped home. It's getting late. It's like three thirty, almost four o'clock, and I'm like, if I'm gonna go, if I'm if I'm gonna hunt, I gotta go. So I come home, check that card, and he was in there on October eleventh, fifteen minutes after dark, oh. um, hitting that mock scrape. Oh my yep. gosh. Um, and I'm kind of like, all right, he's there 15 minutes after dark. He's got to be somewhere close. Um, there's no way he's making it all the way from the back of that field um, to that mock scrape during during the nighttime hours. You know, yep. he's got to step out in that field before dark um, if he made that, that scrape where that camera's at. Um, so kind of made my mind up there. I'm just going to go, go in there for a sit and kind of see if I can see him coming out of that field. 
that that back edge of that field um working towards that mock scrape or something because this was only this is it's still october 5th or october 15th and um you know he was there four days ago so that's the most recent trail camp picture i had of him that's the that's what i'm going off of basically mm -hmm. um kind of observation sit i had a good win for it and it's it's a red moon um pressure's low um that's one thing about this deer like he the pressure was always low and when he was showing up on trail cam pictures um there's is there on 28.8 um 28.9 really um, 29.2 um there wasn't much high pressure when this deer was showing up um so pressure was low, got a good wind, and it's a red moon, and I forget my climbing sticks back at home, <laughs> and I'm not going back home to get these climbing sticks. So I'm are you on the farm? Are you on the farm that the guy gave you permission on, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm, I got permission, you know, four days before or five days before. Just uh, in was, hopes was, that this deer's here. Yeah. Right? And there's, yeah, in hopes that this deer's here, because this is the close, this is the farthest north i have ever been able to go um and it's across another road to get that far north um so there's you know the road is is a big advantage to getting getting across um but it's if i had to describe this place to you it's 80 acres of field and a tree line that runs right up to center of it and in the middle of that tree line, it's, I, I don't think a pipeline went through, but something went through to where there's a, you know, 40 foot gap in the tree line. So it's not even a full tree line. Okay. Um, so I had the one camera on one of the ends and, and another one in a swale, whatever. Um, forget my climbing sticks and I'm not driving back home to get these things. I throw the saddle on and grab my tripod had that in my truck at least so i'm like i might sit on the ground and glass this backfield or if i find a tree that i can climb up into using limbs i'll do that you know so i got everything else got the camera gear packed up and i start walking down that tree line i'm not to being super careful about my entry or exit um i wasn't crouching through the beans or anything but i was you know i was moving slow I was being quiet I had the wind in my favor. Um, but, you know, so if you're going to get real serious and crouch in the beans, like I wasn't doing that. Right. Um, yep. It was, I wanted to just get, I figured all the deer would be coming from the back. They're not going to see me. I'm I'm in there early enough um, to where nothing's came out in the field yet. I glassed it before I, I, I started walking down it. But I get to a tree, little cherry tree. It's about the size of a basketball at the base and it gets up closer to like a softball where I had my tether, but I had to stand on my tripod and grab that first limb that was like five foot tall. Oh my gosh. So I, I get up there maybe eight to ten feet and I hung the platform, got set up, and you know, I'm I'm complete I didn't have climbing sticks, but I was you know, I was secure. The platform was on the tree. Yep. And everything. Um so I'm 10 foot off the ground and I've got one true shooting lane and it's just straight out, straight out into the bean field. I can shoot as far as I want to. Um, if this deer, you know, works from the back of the field to that scrape, 
He's going to walk somewhere in front of me. This is the only line I got. So are you, are you I, in that tree line that's in the middle of the field, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. And where do you think this deer, you don't think he's bedded in this tree line, do you? Do you think he's like off on another property? You know, I think he's farther back towards the, the, the chunk of the um, park. Yep. I think he's, he's, he's in the park or bedded okay. near the park. Yep. Um, so I, I, you know, I was hoping on him coming out of the, the field before, uh, or out of the woods before, before dark. Yep. Um, and it's about the last hour of, of shooting light and every, every minute, five seconds there's a new buck popping out in the field and really so the deer just filing out just filing out man um anything good yep um there was a a couple you know basket racks fighting and whatnot i saw two half racks that night um and then one older buck um that i saw step out back there kind of had eyes on the past couple years but he wasn't on the radar just because he was living that he was living that far north and then i think he was even moving far, you know farther north so mm-hmm. there was like no hope hunting that deer i mean if he, he he's going downhill now i had a few trail cam pictures of him in the summer but you know he's he i it was it was cool to kind of lay eyes on him um i probably saw um six or seven bucks that night uh um and dozen or more does just in that last hour just glassing and then i glassed two deer that stood up to my left and they were both does one was a just a doe and her fawn and i was like they had to just stand up out of those beans you know there's there's no way they just got downwind of me and they're way over there now and about the time i'm looking at them i hear a stick snap and i look to my right and bankrupt is standing there 15 yards from the base of my tree oh my god trotting at my tree what's he trotting from i'm not i have no idea see he he could have caught my ground scent um i've had some people say he might have been working towards those does um and caught my ground scent but when i see him he's in the same tree line i am and he's 15 yards away oh my god yeah coming from behind you then no he's in front of me um, okay. I was facing the way I walked in, actually. Okay. Um, but he's in front of me, um, just a, just a tick to my right. Um, so like probably the worst spot if you had to draw out of a saddle in front, and if you're right-handed, I guess, um, a front, and then just right off to the right a little bit. Coming weak side. Coming weak side, yeah. Um, and he's he's trotting. I, I have enough time to grab my bow and look at him one more time. And by the time I look at him again, he's standing four yards from the base of my tree and he's staring at that tripod that I had to stand on to get up in the tree. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and you're only 10 foot off the ground. Your base is and only I, 10 yeah, foot. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. My base is at most 10 foot off the oh ground. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I'm on top of this deer and I'm freaking out, man. Like first time I ever laid eyes on him in per on hoof in 2022. Um, all these years of encounters and he's, you know, right there. 
um, staring at that tripod. So he's got two options that I could probably shoot. If he goes out into the field, um, I'll have a shot, you know, as far as I want, basically. But if he keeps going on the path he came in on, I can swing around and I can shoot right below me. You know, it'd be a straight down shot, but, but something I'm willing to take. Um, so I try to draw my bow back twice and I just cannot get this thing back. <laughs> the worst buck fever I've ever had before in my life. And two, three times, just give it all my, everything I got. I can't get this thing back. And like I said, he's looking at this tripod. He doesn't look at me once. Um, but I finally get this thing, get my bow back. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable with my bow. I shoot all summer long. It's not like it was too much weight for me. It's just buck fever is, is what I explained oh, yeah. it. You know, I, I couldn't believe it myself. But um, I finally get it back, and I'm full draw. And he's still standing there four yards. I'm looking at him, corner of my eye. Um, I'm, I, I, drew, I just drew on my strong side. Um, hoping that he'd jump out into the field or walk below me. I mean, I just swing around. Um, but he jumps, jumps out into the field and he's standing about seven or eight yards from the base of the tree now. And there's a few twigs in front of him, but I've got my, my finger around that, that release ready to let one fly, um, getting anchored in and everything. And he does almost like a half blow and he takes two hops. And I didn't know if he would stop again, but I was, you know, I was anchored in, ready to rock and roll. And I shot him right after he took that first hop and um, immediately thought I hit back. Um, I had a Luminoc on, but he was quartered away and the arrow didn't go all the way through. So the air, the Luminoc looked like it was closer to the back hip. Um, and I was just worried instantly and then every time he jumped, it would just spew out. I mean, three foot of blood just would just, wow. I mean, it was, it was the craziest blood trail <clears throat> I've ever followed. And everybody that was there with me on the track job said, this is freaking insane. Um, but I thought I hit him farther back than I ended up hitting him. Um, but he ran 175 yards and, uh, that's where it all went down. I, I got to watch him fall, and I lost it, man. Oh, my gosh, dude. What a story. Now, yeah. if it wasn't for that tripod, I mean, what would have happened? Maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, not, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know if he was alert and caught my ground set before, um, since he was kind of doing that trot on the way in, but he was definitely moving for sure. Uh, not, not like a full run, but just, you know, that little trot. Caught that tripod. Um, and hopped out into the field, so where I, it, I did have a, and I, I had a better shot in the field, you know, other than below me, but um, yeah, there was there was no way I was gonna let that bow back down after after being full draw. That's <laughs> wild, with, dude. With That's that close, awesome. You know, unbelievable, crazy, crazy, crazy. And for you to like, you know, and for three years, the chess match that you played with that deer, like, and you know, just. I don't know. That's unbelievable. And the dedication with the cameras and just trying to find them and then knocking on doors. Like that's, that's awesome, man. What a story. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a long process and I loved every second of it. Targeting a buck like that and, and following through with it was, it's a lot harder than it sounds. And 
a lot harder than people make it out to be. And um, it's a, it's definitely a game for for the for some bow hunters, you know. Yep, for sure. So, it, you know, kind of paint a picture for you know everybody listening. Like, what is he? What he score? You know, how many yep. scoreable? All that stuff. Yep. So he's uh, twenty one scoreable. So he, he he put more on that year. Um, twenty one scoreable. He's got the inside stickers that are real cool on them. Um, the one's 11 inches. I think the other one's a nine and a quarter. Um, he's only got 20-inch beams, um, One a 21, one's a 20. Um, but he's just – what takes him so high with the score is he's just got those tines stacked in there. Um, like his inside stickers are so long. Um, and then his, his G2s. Both got kickers off each side. Um, the brows are unreal. This thing shredded some trees at one point this year. Um, but, you know, three points off his, his right brow, two points off his left. So he's got he's got all, all the junk and kickers, and it was cool to watch him. You know, some years he would throw switch kickers on opposite sides, you know, and it's uh, – it's cool looking at them with the with the sheds right next to him. I'm looking at him right now. Yo. And uh he's a uh, hundred. We roughed him that night at a hundred and ninety-six um and two eights. So haven't haven't gone and officially done it yet, but if he uh I'm sure I'll post something about it when when um we get him officially taped and in the wild. book. That's wild, man. Like it you know, the short the short beams is probably what killed him to be you know, a little, a little higher. I remember, you know, that night that Alex shot his buck, um, you and Alex, cause you filmed Alex up in, in, you know, in Michigan. And yep. when we tracked that deer all day, I mean, that's one that yeah. I'll never forget, but I remember we were coming home late that night and you showed me that picture and you're like, what, what do you think he scores? I said 206. Yep. <laughs> so yep. I was you a little off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, you're, I mean, that's not, that's not too far off. I mean, that's only 10 inches from, from a deer. Like that deer's just a freak though. I mean, yeah. there's, so many different tines coming off that thing and it's like man i yeah. i can't imagine that that deer's not over 200 inches but you know he might not be but yeah man he's just got so much shit everywhere yeah i think the beams killed him um he has five and a half inch um mass measurements almost everywhere um you know on his one two and three at least um but it's um the beams definitely killed him somewhat. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what he actually goes. Maybe he'll pull a little bit more out of him. Maybe maybe he'll be less. But, I mean, I think he's a 190-inch deer all in all. Yeah, regardless, dude, that deer's a stud. And congratulations, man. I mean, a deer of a lifetime. Hopefully you'll be able to, to find another deer like that. But, man, it, yeah. it might be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the search is definitely on now. Yep. That's still going to be a every time I get home, I'm going to – I might go hang some new cameras today and and try to find the next one. There you go, dude. Well, thank you very much, Joey, for coming on and doing this. Hell of a story, man. Hell of a buck. Congratulations, and uh, good luck the rest of the year. Thanks, man. All right, there you have it. Thank you, Joey, for coming on and doing this, man, and talking about the, the story of your giant. What a story. What a big deer. Congratulations to you, man. Everybody out there, thank you very much for listening and the support and downloads. You guys know what to do. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, and leave a written review. 
that is always greatly appreciated. And we will be right here next time on the Fall Podcast. Thank you.